0: Well, good morning, everybody. glad to be here today. Uh, I had um, one of those cataracts taken off a month ago, and ironically, I was on schedule to preach in chapel the next day after that surgery also. but that uh, morning the next morning afterwards, I woke up and i couldn't I couldn't read any notes at all. My eyes were all blurry and I couldn't see and had to call and Tell them that I'm just not going to be able because otherwise, I said I could ad-lib it, but that wouldn't be too good, I don't think, uh, just to preach a whole message without any notes. I have done that before in my life, but uh, I wouldn't recommend that you attend it when I'm ad-libbing. Uh, but anyway, it's good to be here today, and I feel pretty good and glad I'm here. Pray that God will bless and speak to your heart and meet your spiritual needs today. It's always good to put God first in your life, isn't it? No matter what, uh, what, just always put the Lord first, and we ought to always be, try to be our best to be a good example for the Lord in and, and what we do. I feel led of the Lord to speak on the subject of rebellion today, and of course, uh, none of you are guilty of that, I'm sure, because, you know, you all are good Christian college kids, and you um, love the Lord, and, and you, uh, of course, would not rebel against authority, But um, God led me to speak on this, and it may be that a lot of you are hiding something in your heart and some things in your heart that nobody else really sees, but God knows it's there and you know it's there. And uh, the Bible does teach and say that rebellion is like the sin or as the sin of witchcraft. And uh, witchcraft in the Old Testament was punishable by death, and God didn't like it. I mean, um, it's an abomination to the Lord, and anything that's an abomination to the Lord, we ought to uh, be against that and not do that in our own lives, and pray that God will speak to our hearts this morning and help us if we have any tinge of rebellion in our heart, that we'll give that to God, get rid of it, and uh, serve God with our hearts. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask you today, please, to speak to our hearts, and meet our spiritual needs. I pray, Lord, that um, you would help, us, help me to lift your name up. Lord, you're a wonderful Savior, and we rejoice in that. And thank you, Lord, that you are. And Lord, thank you for all of these students. Lord, these are wonderful kids and wonderful young people. And God, I just ask you, please, to have your hand upon their lives. Perhaps there's a, a, a future D.L. Moody or a future Billy Sunday or uh, a future um, uh, Adniram Judson, uh, setting right here in the audience today, and and I pray, Lord, that uh, you would help me to be a little bit of a blessing to these servants of yours that are preparing their lives to serve you in their life for the for for the cause of Christ. Lord, uh, bl- bless in the next few minutes for Christ's sake. In Jesus' name, I do pray. Amen. Well. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15, 23, you don't have to look that up, but that's the one I quoted a moment ago. It says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft um, and um, uh, stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Uh, It cost King Saul in the Old Testament, cost him his kingdom. And it cost the kingdom from being carried on in his family when he had rebellion in his heart. And... uh, The one thing that I would encourage all of you to be is be 100% genuine, 100% real. Don't be a fake. Uh, I mean, man, it's so easy to be a fake in this world today. And we need to be genuine, real, and we need to give God our hearts and serve God with all of our hearts. And I pray that God would help all of you ladies, all of you men, that you would uh, serve God with all of your heart. So, uh, do you know rebellion began in the Bible with um, Satan, really did. And the the devil, he uh, ever since then has been walking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he's after you in your life, even if you're born again. You know Christ is your Savior, then Satan is after you and wants to destroy you. Wants to uh, make you not worth anything for the cause of Christ, and he is successful a lot of times in ruining people's lives. And I pray that that you will not allow Satan, with the Lord's help, to influence you in that direction. In Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight, verse six through thirteen. Ezekiel twenty-eight, six through thirteen. It tells us there where Satan rebelled against. God. He says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord in verse number six, because thou hast set thine heart as the heart of God, trying to take the place of God. Thou art the anointed cherub. Lot had been given to Satan when he was in heaven, that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground and will lay these uh, before kings that they may behold thee. About a year ago, I met a preacher from Mexico he actually pastors and built the largest independent Baptist church in the world. He runs about 20,000 in attendance. They have, oh, 25 or 30 people at least saved and baptized every Sunday in that church. And he was speaking at this conference that I was in, and he gets up there he does not look like a preacher that would pastor 20,000 people every Sunday. In fact, you would think that a preacher like that, man, he would have a tremendous amount of charisma that would be obvious by just looking at him. But he didn't. But he was 100% sold out to God. I was wondering uh, what he... Did every day on his schedule. And I found out that the year before this, he read the Bible 12 times. Once every month, read the whole Bible. A man as busy as him with 20,000 people to pastor, and he read the Bible 12 times. The most I've ever read the Bible in one year was four times. And I thought I was doing pretty hot, pretty good on that. But, man, it brought, brought me down to uh, uh, say, man, this guy, that's amazing, amazing. But you look at him, and if you just met him on the street and so on, you wouldn't think of him even being as very successful. Don't tell him I said so if you ever meet him, but I didn't think he was very handsome at all. I mean, you look at him, you think, well, maybe God could use him for something. But man, God has really used him. And do you know why? I believe with all of my heart that God had all of His heart. God had His heart. And oh, how God needs to have your heart. We come to college and we think, boy, I get the things that I need here, then I'm going to go out and turn the world upside down for God. Let me say that you'll not to amount you'll not amount to very much at all in your life if you don't give your total heart to the Lord, Amen. but if you give your total heart to the Lord, it'll be amazing what God will do with you and you'll wake up every morning you man, I can't believe that God used me in that way. Oh, how wonderful it is for God to be able to use me. Uh, Lord, I'm not worthy to be used, but your whole life you'll be thinking about, boy, I don't deserve it, but look what God is doing with my life. And that's when God has all of your heart. And you're not serving God because you think that He's lucky to have you, but you're serving God because you are just blessed beyond measure to even have Him as your Savior and have the privilege of serving him and, and letting him be the savior of your life and the leader in your life. Oh, if we would just get to the place as students where we would quit living for ourselves and live for others. If we would quit just thinking about ourselves so much. We all, uh, the most important person here this morning is you, of course, in your own eyes. You're the most important. But folks, if we need to understand that except by the grace of God, we'd all be in hell. You would too be. And you would be too. However you want to say that. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, oh how we need to give our total hearts to the Lord and not be rebellious. In the book of Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, it says, How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake uh, its its, uh, kingdoms? Ever since that day, Satan has been giving you and I problems. He gives us problems every day, and we uh, need to watch out, and put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against His wiles. And one of the things that He does is tries to make you think that you're hot stuff. And nobody knows as much as you. Nobody uh, has their head screwed on as straight as yours is. And uh, you can do what you want. The teachers, they don't know uh, uh, how to lead. The teachers are, uh, I, I'm just, just, I'll be glad when I get out of this stupid Fairhaven place. Because I'll just do what I want and I'll build a great church or I'll do a great thing for God. Listen, you're already headed for your downfall. Oh, listen, folks, when you get to think you are something, then you're really not much. We need to abase ourselves and lift up Christ. The Bible says if you you lift up Christ and if you serve him and honor him, he'll bring honor to you. But if you try to lift up yourself, you won't get it. You won't get it. Satan rebelled because he was filled with pride. And the last sermon that I preached here, I believe, was on the subject of pride. But he thought that uh, he was better than God himself. And rebellion comes with pride. We rebel against authority. Uh, And, folks, it starts out at at an early age. I was in Wisconsin pastoring way back in the 70s. And there was a, a lady in our church. She had a little boy. And this little boy was only about three years old, and I told her uh, uh, privately, I said, "Ma'am, if you don't do something about your son, he's going to be in jail before he gets out of high school." And he was only three years old. I could just see it in this little rebellious rascal, and I said, "You have to break his will." And she never did. And you know where he is today? He's in the Walpon State Prison in Wisconsin and been there for years and years and years and years. You can just see it. And folks, listen, rebellion is dumb. I mean, you've got to, especially if you're a Christian and you know better, don't rebel against authority. Don't rebel against God. Don't rebel whenever a, a message is preached and, and you know it's the word of God, but you rebel against And I'm not going to do what that says. Uh, then uh, you're rebelling and God's going to judge you for it and you'll never amount to anything in this life. Uh, <coughs> you know, there are a lot of examples of individuals in the Bible that were built up with pride. Of course, it started in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. They, uh, Eve uh, thought she knew better than God did and disobeyed God and ate of the forbidden fruit and gave it to Adam. And uh, then they had a son, and Cain, and he killed his brother. He got built up with pride and, and he got rebellious and, and killed his brother. And he goes on and... and um, uh, Many individuals we could give an example of. Uzziah was another uh, king of Israel, a king of Judah, really. Uh, But he was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years. And the Bible says that almost all of that 52 years he honored the Lord and put God first in his life. But right toward the end of his reign, he rebelled against God, and uh, as long as they sought the Lord... God made him to prosper, but in the last of his reign, he disobeyed God, and he got leprosy, and he died as a leper because he rebelled against God. Rebellion is awful, and folks, uh, you're not above rebellion. You, anybody can do it. There's probably been as many Christians rebel against God as there have been lost people that rebelled against the plan of salvation. But, uh, uh, you know, we have a tendency to rebel when our heart is not right with God. We have a tendency to rebel when we get selfish in our life. We want our own way. We know better what is best for us. And, folks, don't, don't get that in your heart and in your life. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, the Word of God says. Let, say, the Bible says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, in Romans 13, 1 through 7. Uh, For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they, shall, uh, they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Do you know when you're happiest in life? Everyone wants to be happy, really do. But when you're the happiest is when you're the closest to God. You get away from God and you get rebellious against God and all of the negative things that we could say will be present in your life. You'll be discouraged, you'll be downhearted and you'll be uh, bachelored and you'll be away from God and you won't have any joy and happiness in your heart. But when you're right with God and close to the Lord, you'll be ha- have happiness in your heart. Even if it looks like some things are going wrong, you'll still, still be able to have happiness and joy in your heart. Rebellion is awful, 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 awful. Now, we have a lot of relationships in life. Um, We do not like to have authority over us. It's something in our sinful nature that we just don't really like people telling us what to do. Uh, but we all have th- authority over us. Everybody does. And uh, uh, actually, do you know that when, the, when this was, uh, verses uh, were given where he says, uh, uh, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Wilt thou not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt receive praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, uh, be afraid, for he is the minister of God a revenger to execute wrath upon the him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must be needs needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause. Pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore unto all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, uh, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And you know that when that was written uh, by the Apostle Paul, Nero was the emperor there in Rome. And you would have thought... If there's anybody we ought to be against, it ought to be Nero. He was a wicked man. But he was the one in authority. And folks, we need to understand that we need to uh, obey the Scripture whenever he talks about uh, uh, submitting to those that have authority over you. Uh, You know, we ought to all relate to the authority over us. And Christians are to submit to authority. You know, every person... Is subject to the governing authority over them. Subjection, though, is more than just an outward obedience. Subjection to authority is from the heart. And you could obey outwardly, like the little boy that Mama told him, Go sit in that chair. And he goes and sits in the chair, but he says, I'm sitting down on the outside, but I'm not sitting down on the inside. And we can, we can be rebellious and not even let it show to those in authority. But God knows. God knows whether you're rebellious or not. Some of you girls get together in the dorm. Do you complain and argue to the others in the room about the rules? at Fairhaven, kind of rebelling against the authority here. Fellas, you in the dorm and talking the same way. Now, there are five spheres of authority. The legitimate state authority over its citizens. There's a legitimate authority of parents over their children. And then there's a legitimate authority of husbands over their wives in today's world, though, most wives don't even believe that scripture. Wives, be in subjection to your husbands. If you're a Christian lady, then you need to determine in your heart that when you get married, you're going to submit to the leadership of your husband. If you don't want to submit to him, don't marry him. Don't do it. But if you're going to be obedient, submit to authority. The legitimate authority of him, in Employees over uh, underneath the leadership of their employer. The legitimate, that's the fourth one, is the employer's uh, authority over the employee. And then number five is the legitimate authority of pastors over their flock. We need to pay attention to the preacher, listen to what he has to say, follow his leadership, and not be critical not be critical of the leadership that you have. If you can't be critical of, I mean, if you can't live your life and not be critical of those in leadership over you, then you're a bad Christian. No matter how good of a Christian you think you are, rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. That's what he says. Uh, We're not just to obey outwardly, we're to obey with the heart. Oh, listen, folks, if we would just get our hearts right, like my son-in-law, Clint Schreiber, was preaching on uh, Thursday, uh, Sunday night when he was preaching, um, uh, a tremendous message. I hope that you all got some, got some good things out of it. That's one of the best messages I've ever heard him preach. Uh, it's awesome, awesome. What content was in that, in that message? You can tell that he spent time preparing that message, and it spoke to my heart. And hopefully it spoke to some of your hearts. But listen, God wants our hearts. If there's anybody in the whole universe that knows you, it's God. And he knows whether you're serving God with your heart or whether you're just making a show. Do you know that if a person practices a lot, he can pretend and put on a pretty good show? You know that I was married for two years. I've been married 57 years now. But at that time, two years, and my wife did not know I was not a Christian. I was that good of a fake. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And then I got born again. I got saved. And thank God for that. But she didn't know I wasn't a Christian. Not only that, I may have mentioned this in another Message that I may have preached to you all, but there's a man called me on the phone about you no know, six years ago, something like that. That uh, told me his name was Jack Woodard, and that he went to high school with me, and I didn't remember him. But uh, he said uh, uh, I followed you all around, all over Brunswick, Missouri, because I wanted what you have. He said I kept asking people when I would follow you around, uh, that uh, what does he Roger have that I don't have. He said, I even followed you to church. And I kept asking people that question. Finally, somebody said, well, he has Jesus in his heart. I didn't, but they thought I did. And uh, they led him to Christ. And do you know what he said to me next? He says, I'm an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, Baptist preacher in Mendenhall, Mississippi today because of your testimony in high school. And I wasn't even saved. I know how you can fake it. I know how you can pretend that you're really a great Christian and you really love God and put on the show and everybody thinks you're a great Christian. I know how to do that. I did that. Till 1969, March the 21st when I repented of my sins and got tired of being fake, a uh, fake. And I said, "Lord, if I if I can't be real, I don't want anything." Lord would you save me today and forgive me of all of my sin and he did that day March the 21st 1969 I just wonder if you're sitting here this morning and you're a fake you're pretending like you're a Christian you're pretending like you're very godly but really down deep in your heart you're an ungodly wretch and you know it and you know you're living for the devil and you know that you're not that you don't take to heart the things that are preached here at this school you need to get your heart right uh, today today right here in this chapel service if you're bachelors in the from God don't do that to your life uh, do you know this command <coughs> commands in the uh, in the uh, word of God is to everyone that's a Christian do you know that <coughs> when we kneel to pray most of our prayer is God I need you to pay my college bill God I need you to help me to get a new dress Uh, You fellows don't pray that particular part of it, of course. But uh, I need you to uh, answer this for me. I need you to get me this. And I need you to do that for me. And most of your prayer, maybe, is just about yourself. Whenever your prayer gets to be about 90-some percent for others rather than yourself, then that's where you're getting a little bit closer to Jesus. Others, Lord, yet yes, others. Let this my motto be that even while I kneel and pray, my prayer shall be for others. Do you know, uh, none of us are above the law. All of us need to obey the law. No exceptions, of course, uh, but we need to be submitted to the authority that's over us. It applies to the elite as well as to the common. Now, the laws of God are the same for everybody, no matter what you're standing. Now maybe you think you're elite, maybe you think you're just common, but regardless of where you think you are, we're all subject to God, every one of us. Um, in Romans 13 number one, uh, it says there, uh, uh, it says, "God tells us who is in authority, and he says that he is in authority, uh, there's no vote." In the home of whose authority? Of whose authority in the home? A husband is a leader in the home. It's what the Word of God says. And a government should cause people to fear to do evil. Today we're getting in the United States of America where where the people think they can just do what they want, and they just go down the street and find a store. Oh, I'd like to get in the, get those things, and they break the window and go in and get them. And a lot of times the authorities just ignoring them, letting them steal all that kind of stuff. They don't fear doing wrong anymore. You and I ought not to get to the place to where we don't fear doing wrong. The Bible's going to, he says, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one of these days if you're saved and the great white throne judgment if you're lost. But uh, when any human authority commands what, uh, what God forbids, then you have the opportunity to disobey the authority if God forbids it and the government's trying to make you to do it or your authority's trying to make you to do it. It says um, uh, in the book of um, of Acts chapter 5, he says, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not uh, teach in his name and behold you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and in, intend to bring this man's blood upon us then Peter and the other apostles answered and said we ought to obey God rather than men and so that's how you decide if you're going to obey somebody is if they're asking you to do something that the Bible clearly commands is wicked and wrong, ungodly, or or whatever, then you can disobey that. Otherwise, um, you you need to obey what they tell you. Uh, Wherefore, uh, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. In other words, when you disobey on purpose the one that has authority over you, then the Bible says you're bringing damnation to yourself. Wow. It seems to me like the smart thing to, be to, uh, to do will be to submit yourself to the authority. You cannot resist, uh, resist a legitimate authority without resisting God. And there's only two exceptions for disobeying legitimate authority. Number one is when they command us to do what God forbids and when they forbid what God commands us to do. If God said, don't go soul winning, don't tell anybody about Jesus, well, then you have to disobey, disobey that. You go ahead and be a soul winner anyway. That's what the Word of God teaches. Now, that's what uh, uh, Brother Caleb, uh, uh, Caleb um, uh, what's his last name? Uh, missionary to Muslims. Kriego. yeah, there you go. I thought, surely somebody here knows who that is. Uh, David Kriego, Um when you get as old as I am, you start forgetting things. Amen. that so just uh, slipped my mind for a moment. But David Kriego, you know, uh, in f- order for him to be a missionary, where he's going, it's against the law. But he's going to disobey the law in order to win some of those Muslims to Jesus. And if he gets caught, they may kill him for it. And if they had their way, a the lot of people would kill him for it. But uh, that's why he needs to be held up in prayer uh, uh, very, very uh, much, so that, uh, that God will protect him, and put a hedge about him, and so on. Um, but do you know you'll you'll never, when you get married, you'll never be a good parent till you learn to humble yourself before God. We're just sinners. Humble yourself before God, uh, and, and you get built up with pride and and do you know uh, you get to the place where you cannot even discipline correctly the goal is to uh, for for you when you get married is to raise godly kids the the goal is to raise children that love the lord and so on and not to prove to them who's boss raise godly kids that's what the goal is and god will bless you if you'll make that your goal and start out doing right and not be rebellious. And, and do you know that you're, when you get married finally, one of these days when your children look at you, they ought to see Jesus in you. Yes, sir. You ought to remind them of the Lord Jesus Christ in you, both all of you mamas and all of you daddies who are going to be mamas and daddies one of these days. They ought to see Jesus in you. And if they don't, listen, every Christian in your church, wherever you're a member of a church, maybe you're even going to be a pastor of a church somewhere, when they look at you, they ought to see Jesus Christ in you. That ought to be the goal of you to live such a way so that they will see Christ in you in the way that you act. You know that that's a a 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week, 365 days every year, a job to do. You cannot uh, live for God 90% of the time and 10% of the time mess up and expect people to see Jesus in you. How many times did Jesus mess up? Zero. How many times should you mess up? Zero. The Bible says, be ye therefore perfect. We ought to strive to be perfect. You say, Pastor Botrell, are you perfect? Well, I want everybody to think so. I want to live in such a way so that you would see Christ in me. I want to live in such a way so that my wife would see Jesus Christ in me. I want to live in such a way that my children would see Christ in me. I want to live in such a way so that my grandkids would see Christ in me. I want to live in such a way so that church members would be able to see Christ in me. I'm a member here at Fairhaven Baptist Church now, and I uh, have a goal in my heart. I would like everybody at Fairhaven Baptist Church, when they look at Roger Batrell, to see Christ in me. No, I'm not perfect, but I try to be. And you're not perfect either, but you ought to try to be. And you cannot be perfect, or you cannot be what God wants you to be if you have rebellion in your heart and you're rebelling against authority. King Nebuchadnezzar is an example in the Bible. He became swollen up with pride and rebellion against the things and uh, his heart was hardened and he he um, went out and digressed until he was eating grass like a like a cow. You know, in order to be the kind of Christian that I ought to be, I need to swallow my pride. I need to realize that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm really nobody. I am just blessed to be able to be used of God and pray that God will just use me as long as he possibly can. But God says in 1 Peter 5, verse 5, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. All of you be subject one to another. Whoa. That means all of you students ought to be subject one to another. That doesn't mean that you do everything that another student says to do, but you need to have Christian love for everybody in the dormitory. Christian love for everybody in the boys' dorm or the girls' dorm. Now, it's easy for the ones in the boys' dorm to have a lot of love for the ones in the girls' dorm. And it's easy for the ones in the girls' dorm to have a lot of love for the ones in the boys' dorm. But we're supposed to love everybody. In Christian love, do you know, God says He resisteth the proud, but giveth grace. Grace, unmerited favor. He shows you things that you don't even deserve and gives you things you don't even deserve when you're submissive to the authority of God. Proverbs 6, verse 16 says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. He is so, so so discordant among the brethren. A couple of other things. Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before the fall. To the key to having a great Christian life is just swallow your pride. Don't be rebellious against authority. Follow uh, what God, the way God wants you to. Just give your heart to the Lord. Say, man, I'm going to be genuine. I'm going to be real. I'm not going to be a fake. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. That's the way we ought to do it in our life. Just say, I'm going to just surrender to God and be what he wants me to be. And folks, you'll be happier. You'll have joy in your heart all the time. It won't make any difference. A lot of people I ask, I said, hey, you got the victory? How many of you here have heard me ever ask anybody that? Oh, a bunch of you have. Probably before you graduate, I'll ask you personally, you have the victory. Um, you ought to have the victory all the time. People ought to see Jesus in you all the time. You ought to be uh, in control of things all over. The Bible says, whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, but he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Wow. That's, that's one of those verses like you do the opposite. You know, humble yourself, you'll be exalted. Give, it shall be given to you. Want to have friends? Show yourself to be friendly. I mean, there's a bunch of those in the Word of God. Um, <clears throat> do you know that when a giraffe has a little, little giraffe that the first thing the big giraffe does is he, after that baby giraffe is born, he gets up on his feet, and the mother giraffe goes over there and kicks him and knocks him down. He does. And then that little giraffe looks up at his mom and says, Mom, you're pretty dumb, man. You just knocked me down. And he gets up again, and his mother knocks him down again. And he gets up again and his mother goes over there and kicks him and knocks him down again. After a little while, this little baby giraffe gets some brains. He gets up and he runs away. (laughs) Mama can't get me now. That's the most loving thing that that mother giraffe could do is teach her little baby giraffe to get up and run away. Because if he doesn't run, he doesn't have much else to defend, no, not much else defense in his life. Folks, when we rebel, we're just setting ourselves up for failure. Um, rebellion will push the good things out of your life. Joy, happiness, contentment, peace. If I asked the question, how many of you would like to have all four of those? Every one of you would raise your hand. But when you don't have joy, happiness, contentment, and peace, and you're rebellious, you know, in your life, then what you have is hurt, anger, resentment, and hatred. Which would you choose? Hurt, anger, resentment, or hatred, or all those good things? Well, I'd like to have all the good things, preacher. I mean, mom didn't raise too smart a kid, but I know that much. Yeah. If you put God first and do it His way, you'll be happy. You'll have joy in your life. You'll have peace in your life. You'll have contentment in your life. But if you rebel against God, you won't have any of those things. You'll have all those negative things that I've mentioned. Rebellion hurts the rebel more than it hurts uh, those he rebels against. Do you know a rattlesnake? If a rattlesnake gets mad... Many times he'll get so mad that he'll bite himself. Isn't that amazing? He'll bite himself and then he'll die of his own venom. Now that's kind of dumb, isn't it? I suppose it is. But that's what rebellion does to our life. If you keep rebelling, it hurts you in the long run a whole lot more than the people that you rebelled against. It sure does. But if you forgive whoever it is that you're rebelling against and don't hold any grudges against anybody, like Jesus did when he was on the cross, and he says in in Luke 22, uh, 23, 34, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Man. They pulled out his beard. They beat him with a cat of nine tails. They plucked his beard out of his face. They blindfolded him and, and uh, slapped him and spit on him and so on and said, who did it? And he said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow, what a Savior. Why don't we take some Christ-likeness to our life and be what God wants us to be? Be real in your life. Don't be a fake. Be genuine. Be genuine. Give your total heart to God. You'll be the happiest. Uh, there won't be anybody here happier than you if you just give your total life to the Lord. God wants your heart. Oh, uh, when you obey God, uh, because He has forgiven you, submit to authority and have a good, be a good student in school. Don't be rebellious at all. And um, you won't even be able to write all the wonderful things down that God has done for you.